0: This past week, I've had quite a few of you call me and message me, asking me to pray with you as you're worried and you're anxious and you're fearful with what's going around in the world and right here in the Philippines. Most of you are perhaps fearful and anxious. Your worries stem from the fact that you think you may contract the COVID-19 virus, or perhaps you know someone who has it and you're worried for them or their families, or you're scared that you may have come in contact with someone who has the virus. Can I just say from the onset, it's normal to be scared. It's normal to feel anxious during these trying times. I can tell you that myself, when I go on a grocery run to stock up on food, usually junk food, I've never used hand sanitizers and washed my hands as often as I do now. I use it when I leave the house. I use it when I get into the car. I hand sanitize when I go into the grocery store. I use the hand sanitizer when I leave the grocery store. I use it when I get into the car to return home. And I use it before I get home. And then when I put the grocery items in their proper place, I'll wash my hands again. I will have washed my hands at least seven times just to buy a bag of potato chips. I believe today, and for most of us, The cleanest part of our bodies are our hands. Now, why do I do this? Not only is it good practice, but like you, I'm also worried that I may contract the coronavirus and bring it back to my home somehow. It's worrying when that which you are avoiding is that which you can't see with your naked eye. I get it. Even doctors and those on the medical front line are worried. I prayed with quite a few of them this week. Just because they have an M.D. after their name doesn't mean they won't get the virus, and it doesn't mean that they aren't scared and worried. They put on a brave face, but many are worried because they don't have the proper protective equipment or they don't have enough equipment like ventilators. They know the risks of being in the hospital at this time. And you know, if it isn't this virus, we would be worried about other things as well. You see, we worry about everything and anything. It is normal for us as humans to worry. It doesn't mean it should be the norm. It's been calculated that the average person has anxiety that is focused on 40% on things that will never happen. 30% on things about the past which can't be changed. 12% on things about criticism by others mostly untrue and you can't stop it anyways. 10% about possible health problems, which ironically gets worse with stress. It's been calculated that only 8% about that which you worry about are real problems. I want you to think about that. 8% of what you worry are pressing problems. 92% of things which you don't really need to worry about, you worry about. Worry, worry, worry. This is how many of us live our lives. We worry about everything. We worry if people will like us or not. We worry about our body size. We worry if we'll get cancer. We worry when we get cancer. We worry about not having a job. We worry when we get a job that we will lose it. And when we worry, we lose sleep or we can't sleep or some of us get ulcers. And our general physical and mental health begins to deteriorate. Now, what does the Lord have to teach us about worrying? Let's take a look at that as we continue our series entitled Lockdown. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 6. We want to take a look at verses 25 to 34. As we look into this issue about worrying and being anxious. Now, if you're taking notes and you are following along, I want to first give you a general principle. And then I want to take a look at two examples that Jesus gives with lessons that these examples are to carry. And then two solutions for how we are not to worry so much. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 with me. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Jesus begins with the general principle, the big idea about not worrying. It's real simple do not worry. Since we place our trust in Him, God will certainly provide the essentials of what we need to sustain us in this life, so we don't need to worry. We don't have to worry specifically about what we will eat or what we will drink. We don't have to worry what we will wear. But essentially, God is saying, you don't have to worry about anything. I'll take care of you. I'll protect you. Again, I have to remind all of us that when we talk about not worrying about our essentials, we're talking about our needs, not our wants. God's promise is that He will supply our needs, not our wants. But some of you may be thinking, you know, I know of some believers who have died from lack of food and water. But we have to understand that this is an overarching general principle. God may have other reasons why He doesn't seemingly provide for those so-called exception cases. Remember, there is a wider sphere of context in which this General principle or this promise operates. We all live in a fallen world where the effects of sin pervade every aspect of life. The coronavirus is an after effect of a fallen world and of sin. Sometimes the godly, through no fault of their own, get caught up in the consequences of sin and perish. But God provides a way of hope through His Son Jesus Christ. And Jesus is not here to elaborate on the theological nuances of those exception cases. But here He is telling us the general principle, the big picture, do not worry because I love you and I will take care of you. When we place our trust in the hands of the Heavenly Father, He will provide for our needs and He will protect us. Now, Jesus goes on to give two examples why we don't need to worry. Specifically, he uses the examples of the birds and of flowers. Look with me at verse 26 to 27 for the first example. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit? to His stature. The first example Jesus calls us to attention is to look at the birds in the air. The birds do not farm. They do not raise their own food. And yet God takes care of them. God provides for their sustenance. And then in the great contrast, are you not more valuable than birds? You know, my friends, Jesus did not die for birds for them to be saved but Jesus did die for mankind when man was destined for hell because they missed the mark of God's holiness God sent His one and only begotten Son Jesus Christ, God Himself to die in our place His unconditional love His mercy His grace led Him to desire to die for us so that We can be His children. I want you to think about that. He didn't do that for the birds, but He did it for us. How much more does He love us? We are far more valuable than any animals. God's love is evident through His Son. And if He would die for us and we are His children, why would He not care for us? You know, Jesus could have used any animal actually in his illustration. God takes care of all of them. They don't worry. I remember reading once the United States Public Health Service once came out with a pamphlet and it said this Stop worrying. As far as it is known, no bird ever tried to build more nests than its neighbor. No fox ever fretted because it only had one hole in which to hide. No squirrel ever died of anxiety lest he should not lay by himself for two winters instead of one. No dog ever lost any sleep over the fact that he didn't have enough bones put away for his declining years. Animals are very much carefree, they don't worry because God takes care of them. And if animals don't care about things like this, then why do we, whom God loves with an everlasting, unconditional love, worry about those things? We, as people, often emphasize the wrong things for which we worry. The Bible teaches very clearly that we still need to plan and set aside for the future A wise person does that, the Bible says. We are to take preventative and prudent measures, such as in avoiding contact with large groups of people and washing our hands so that we won't contract the Corona-19 virus. But not to the extreme in that we worry so far in advance and for every possible scenario that we forget to trust God. Now, what's the lesson of the birds? Verse 27 Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? How many of you, by worrying, can add one single hour more to his life? Or one more day to your life by worrying? And that's the lesson of the birds. Worrying can't add another hour to your life. Worrying is foolish. It doesn't add to our life. I remember the story of a woman who lived to be... 90 years old. When asked about the secret of her longevity, she replied, when I work, I work hard. When I sit, I sit easy. When I worry, I go to sleep. What a great attitude. Just go to sleep. Worrying about the day tomorrow will simply drive us crazy because we don't have control over what? Even tomorrow holds. We don't have control over our lives. We talked about that last week. We don't have control over our future. And yet many of us have insomnia or have trouble sleeping because we worry so much. You know, the best sleeping remedy is to entrust to God your problems. Here's a good memory test. Let me ask you something. How many of you remember what you were worried about this time last year? How many of you? How many of you were worried even about a problem you had six months ago or worried about a problem three months ago? You see, most of us have probably forgotten. And yet at that time, three months ago, six months ago, a year ago, it was such a big deal for us. It was a problem and it never came to fruition The great Christian scientist John Newton once put it like this, and I like how he put it. I compare the troubles which we have to undergo in the course of a year to a great bundle of sticks. Far too large for us to lift this great bundle of sticks. But God does not require us to carry the whole at once. He graciously and mercifully unties the bundle and gives us first one stick which we are to carry today and then another which we are to carry tomorrow and so on this we would easily manage if we only take the burden appointed for us each day but yet foolishly we choose to increase our troubles by carrying yesterday's stick over again today and adding tomorrow's burden to our load before we are required to bear it. We're only required to carry one stick for the day. That is what worrying does. The lesson of the birds, worrying does not add to our life, nor does it add to the quality of our life. And in fact, it probably decreases our lifespan with stomach ulcers and other health issues. It's not because I'm a pastor that I don't seem to worry or I'm telling you don't worry. I'm like you. I have worries today. And in fact, if you know me well, I used to worry a lot. I used to have issues with stomach ulcers, and that's why I carried around Zantac with me every day. Today I don't. But I realized that most of what I worried about I had no control over. You see, if it happens, it happens. There's nothing we can do. We can begin to worry when it does happen. Until then, what's the use? You see, worrying is really a trust issue. And we'll talk more about that in the next example. But I've learned, since I can't add one hour to my life, I can't add one day to my life by worrying. Then it's not worth worrying about. And today I'm blessed, with the ability to drift off to sleep about two or three minutes after my head hits the pillow. It's not because I don't have any problems. I do. I have lots of problems, and I think about many things. But I go to bed every night, and most often my prayers as I close the day is, Lord, I entrust to you while I sleep all of these problems. In fact, if while I'm sleeping you want to take care of these problems, you go right on ahead. And sometimes when I wake up, I have the same problems, but you know what? I got a great night's sleep. And with renewed strength on a new day, with the Lord's help, I can tackle these problems. But most of the times, I come to realize that when I wake up, the problems have been resolved. You know, it's like public speaking. People are deathly afraid of public speaking. It's one of the biggest fears for most people. One worries in public speaking, because if they mess up just once, they think that the entire world will come crashing down upon them. But in reality, most people don't even care that you've messed up. They don't even catch it. They don't even remember it. Life simply goes on. We worry about things we don't have to worry about, and it doesn't add another second to our life. So why do it? That's why the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. My friends, we are of so much more value than the birds. They don't worry. We shouldn't as well. Worrying does not add to your life. Now look at the second example found in verses 28 to 30. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? The second example that Jesus gives for why we don't have to worry Is the example of the flowers in the field. Now they're probably referring to the beautiful wildflowers that would come up and cover the countryside along the Galilee region when it was springtime. And they are beautiful. I've seen it. The Lord said the beauty of these flowers does not even compare to Israel's wealthiest king, King Solomon and he could adorn himself and beautify himself as much as he wanted, the flowers of the field would be more beautiful. And the flowers' beauty comes not from their own power, but it comes through the provision that God allows. If this is how God clothes the beautiful wildflowers of the world, will he not give you clothes to wear is the specific example. But in the greater emphasis, if he takes care of wildflowers like he does, will he not take care of you? Will he not protect you? Will he not love upon you? You are of more value than flowers. What is the lesson of the flowers? We can see it at the end of verse 30. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? You see, when one is anxious, when one is worried, it shows forth little faith. That's the lesson from the flowers. Worrying shows lack of trust in God. Anxiety about the essentials of life really demonstrate a a lack of faith in God. If we really say, Lord, we, we trust You, we believe in You, and then we worry then we really don't trust Him. So we better rethink how much we trust Him. Plants don't have to say, Lord, what must I do to show forth the flowers each season? Nothing. God simply allows them to be pollinated by bees and birds and the appropriate flower at the appropriate time in the season. God allows it to happen. If quote unquote the flowers can trust God to bloom each springtime how much more we whose lives have been bought and purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ can we not trust him someone once wrote fret not faint not fear not i like that fret not he loves you john 13:1 Faint not, He holds you, Psalm 139, verse 10. Fear not, He keeps you, Psalm 121, verse 5. Fret not, faint not, fear not. Will you learn the lesson of the flowers? Because by your worrying, it shows a lack of trust in God. If God can take care of the flowers of the fields... Will He not also take care of you? Don't be one who's called one with little faith. If you trust God who died for you, He cares very much for you and will take care of you. Now I've given you the general principle, don't worry. And I've given you two examples of the lesson Jesus gives to the birds and the flowers Now I want to propose two solutions that Jesus gives for how we can worry less. Take a look with me at verses 31 to 33. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Since God takes care of you, it's not only foolish to worry about the basic necessities of life and of God's protection. It shows that you're kind of like an unbeliever, that you don't trust God to take care of you and to provide for you. God knows what you need. So there's no need to worry so much and to work so hard to set up everything in place, trying to fill out all the contingencies so that you don't have to worry. You will never do enough so that you stop worrying. Instead, the Bible says, change your attitude. Pursue the things of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Simply put, the way to stop worrying, number one, is to seek the things of God. It's counterintuitive. Yes, we must prepare. Yes, we must get ready. But the attitude for how we worry less is to seek the things of God. Seek His kingdom. That means pursuing the things that He told us we are to pursue as followers of His, to seek spiritual things, to focus on Him, to think about Him, to become more Christ-like, to focus and to serve others, to seek the righteousness of God, to live a life of integrity, to pray, to pray. How many of us, instead of worrying, turn immediately to prayer? which is seeking the things of God. There's a wonderful children's song that I learned when I was young. The words are simple yet profound. And like I shared with you a children's song last week, if you would indulge me, let me share with you another one. Perhaps many of you know it, but it goes something like this. Again, I won't sing it, but let me speak the words. Why worry when you can pray? Trust Jesus, He'll be your stay. Don't be a doubting Thomas. Trust fully in His promise. Why worry, 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 worry when you can pray? You know, I love this song. I've learned it since I was a little boy. And yet, sometimes, when I'm worried, this song pops into my mind. Why worry when you can pray? Trust Jesus. He'll he'll be your stay. He'll keep you grounded. You can hold on to Him that does not move. Don't be a doubting Thomas. Trust fully in His promise. Why worry, 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 worry when you can pray. We worry less when we seek first the kingdom of God, when we seek the things of God, when we pray when we practice the spiritual disciplines, it calms our heart. And all these things will be added unto you. God will take care of the rest. When these things happen, when the worries of our life begin to pile up, God says, focus on me. Begin to work even more for me. You'll find out that you worry less. These so-called things Which God will add are the necessities of life that God will provide providentially, so we don't need to worry about it. These are the things that God will do in and around us to work a way out with a solution so that we don't have to worry about it. Because if our trust is in God and He helps us, He tells us, Focus on me, I'll do the rest. So practically, again, it's a shift in our attitude from being more concerned about the spiritual things than in the earthly things. Instead of thinking, will I get coronavirus or not? It's how can I pray for people who are affected? How can I pray for their families? What can I do to help those who are on the front line? You see, when we stop focusing on our own problems and our own worries that have never materialized and we begin to see the things that Jesus wants us to seek, we actually begin to worry less. If some of us actually spend less time forwarding and sending warning messages we get on Viber or on Messenger or WhatsApp or through other means, if some of us spend less time talking about the news and worrying about hospitals that are closing and terrible things that are happening and our frustrations with what politicians are doing, and instead of engaging in that sort of useless chatter, if we spend more time doing spiritual things like praying, reading God's Word, sending others words of encouragement, then the Bible says you will worry less. We've often memorized this verse, Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We think oftentimes it has to do with material things. The context of this verse is set in the context of Jesus telling us not to worry. It's an attitude issue. And so the key, the solution, is so that we worry less by focusing on the things of God and doing what He desires for us to do. You see, worrying is a tool of Satan to limit what we can do in this world for the Lord. You see, if it wasn't COVID 19, it would be other things. And you know, how many people tell themselves, if I only have enough money, if I only work hard enough, if I only have enough times, then I will seek the things of God after I get the things that I want? Let me tell you, those things will never happen. We worry about making more money, finding more time to do the things we need to do to make more money. We'll never find time for God. So it is also with this coronavirus. Many people are thinking, I'll begin to relax. I'll begin to spend more time with God when the effects of this virus lessen, When the curve is on the downward slope of infection when I'm really sure that my family won't be affected. Well, let me tell you what. That time will never come. The Bible tells us it is in that moment of worry where we can live out this verse, where we can practice it, to seek out the things of God, and to do His will, so that our worries and our anxieties will be lessened. So during this time, perhaps... God is giving you the opportunity to turn your anxieties into action, your worries into an ability to do more things for Him. Our worry is lessened when we seek the things of God, and that includes prayer, that includes discipling your family, that includes reading His Word. God has given you these 30 days, well now 20 days, if it doesn't get extended or lockdown, what will you do with this time? You can spend all of this time worrying, but that would be a foolish waste of time. Or you can begin to seek the things of God and really see if God's Word holds true, which it will. I'm reminded of J. Arthur Rank. He was an early pioneer in the British movie film industry. He was a devout Christian. But as an executive, he had a lot of problems. He was kept up all night worrying about his problems He was sometimes frozen because there were so many uncertainties. So he finally made a pact with God to limit his worrying to only Wednesdays. He decided to do all of his worrying on one day of each week so that he could free up his other days to do other things, and he simply chose Wednesday. When anything happened that gave him anxiety and annoyed his ulcer, he would write it down and put it in his so-called worry box. And forget, it, and forget about it until next Wednesday. The interesting thing is, the following Wednesday, when he would open his worry box, he found out that most of the things that he thought he had to worry about, and that had disturbed him the past six, day, six days, were already settled. It would have been useless to have worried about them. It cleared up his schedule in an amazing way. In the same way, perhaps you can do the same thing, to turn anxiety into action. So instead of sitting at home worrying about the coronavirus every moment of every day, if something troubles you, write it down. You can drop it into a proverbial box or actually have a physical box and do the same thing and leave it for next week to worry about so that you can redeem the time that God has given you. How often in your lifetime will you have 30 days where you don't have to do very much? You know, for me, it's granted me a great opportunity to spend time with my children. I get a chance to eat meals with my children, not only once or twice a week that my schedule usually allows previously, but now literally every meal I'm eating with them there's a great laughter around the dinner table. They're telling me stories. We're engaging. It's a wonderful time. I've gotten a chance to talk and communicate with people I haven't had a time to talk to in a long time, to check in on them to see how they're doing. I've gotten a chance to do creative things like Pew View, if you haven't already seen it. I've gotten a chance to spend more time with the Lord, to read some great books, to pray to center myself, to assess my own spiritual life. I find that I actually worry less when I take my mind off of the things that I think I'm worried about. And it's not simply disengaging as a coping mechanism. It's engaging the Lord in such a way that He transforms our attitudes and our actions so that He'll take care of of the things we are worried about. The second solution found in verse 34. Look with me. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The Bible tells us we don't have to worry because we can entrust to God and leave it to Him all to handle. Because for us, worrying about it does us no good. We can't even control tomorrow, the next hour, In fact, the Bible says very clearly in verse 34, today has enough trouble or evil for us to deal with. The trouble we anticipate tomorrow may never materialize. God provides enough grace for us to deal with life one day at a time. No wonder we're worried, because we're taking problems of tomorrow and bringing it today, and God has only provided the grace for us to get through today. Tomorrow, He will provide enough grace, help, for the problems we will face tomorrow. The late Dr. Peter Marshall, chaplain of the U.S. Senate, prayed this prayer at the opening of the Senate one morning. He prayed, Help us to do our very best this day and be content with today's troubles so that we shall not borrow the troubles of tomorrow. Save us from the sin of worrying, lest stomach ulcers be the badge of our lack of faith amen. I like that. Save us from the sin of worrying, lest stomach ulcers be the badge of our lack of faith. The implication of not worrying about tomorrow is so that we place our trust in God, who alone knows what tomorrow will bring. In a sense, we give to God our problems. We let God do the worrying. You see, the second solution that Jesus proposes for how we can worry less Number two is to entrust to God our problems. Entrust to God the problems that worry us. In fact, Jesus invites us to do this very thing. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is an invitation from the Lord. Let me do the worrying for you. Give me your problems. Entrust to me your worries and your problems so that you can take rest. Can we do that? Can we trust God enough to entrust to Him... many problems in this life so that our anxiety levels our fear our worries will be decreased someone called me this week and said they were going through a panic attack they were worried and I have their permission to share the story by the way and I asked this person how much news do you watch how much news do you read He said to me, I'm watching, Pastor, all the time. My mind is consumed. I can't keep up with all the news articles my friends are sending me. I'm reading how how bad things are getting. And I'm waiting on pins and needles to see how many new cases there will be today that the Department of Health will announce. I'm worried that what's happening in Italy and Spain will happen here. After talking with him, I said, you know, we're not Italy and we're not Spain. Yes, we may become like them, hopefully not. But you're having a panic attack, you're anxious. I would suggest that you don't watch the news anymore. I would suggest that you shut yourself off from all things COVID related. You are safely in your home. I suggest that you take a deep breath. Perhaps fill your time instead with listening to some Christian music. Read Psalm 91 or other wonderful verses of encouragement. And whenever you feel afraid, pray. Then I want you to call me back tomorrow and every day this week, and let's talk. So the next day he called. I asked how he was doing. He said, Pastor, I'm doing much better I'm being comforted by God's word. Then I called him on day two. I said, how are you doing? He said, pastor, I feel a lot better. I've turned off the news. I don't read all of my Viber messages. In fact, pastor, I feel a little bit dumb. I, I don't know what's happening around the world. And I said, okay, how does that make you feel? He said, you know, the less I know, the less I worry. In many ways, ignorance is bliss. I said, there you go. He didn't call me the rest of the week. I checked up with him recently. I said, how are you doing? He said, Pastor, I haven't had a panic attack in a while. You see, when we entrust our problems to God, when we give to Him, the worries of our hearts, when we give to Him the one who can handle it, the problems, it allows us to sleep a lot easier. Now, feel free to watch the news if you can handle it. Feel free to be informed if you can take it. But that which you feel your mind with, you will think on. Part of the reason we worry so much is we have not entrusted the problems of our life, to God. I would encourage you to do so. He can deal with our problems. We talked about that last week in our first sermon series. But remember, our God loves us immensely. And He gives us a simple yet profound solution. Don't worry, because God cares for you, He tells us. The lesson of the birds remind us that worrying does not add to our life. The lesson of the flower reminds us that worrying shows a lack of faith in God. And therefore, to worry less, we seek the things of God first and foremost, and He will calm our hearts. And secondly, to entrust our problems to Him. By doing so, I hope all of you will worry less. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time, for the reminder of your own words, where you remind us not to worry because you care so much for us. We forget at times that worrying doesn't help us at all. It doesn't add to our life. In fact, it shows that we don't really trust you. Help us to seek you in the time of this lockdown. Help us to more clearly focus our lives on you and being like you, help us to daily entrust our problems to You so that we don't carry the burdens that we can't carry, that we're not given to carry, that we don't carry yesterday's problems and tomorrow's problems with us today. When we feel anxious and worried and afraid, help us to go to You in prayer. And then, as You uplift our hearts, we can find joy even in times like this. Thank you for this encouragement. Thank you for this challenge. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.